Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal on this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast, the place to be for us to dive super deep into the world of manifesting and spirituality. Speaking of going deep, guess who is back again? My shaman, Makosi. Oh my God. If you guys aren't familiar with who Makosi is, she is an authentic universal shaman and spiritual guide who was initially initiated into South African shamanism. And she is someone who I have personally been working with over the last four to five months now. She blows my mind. Every single conversation I have with her (laughs) ever since the first one, it has not stopped since. Like guys, The podcast episodes are obviously not the only conversations that I have with her. Our private Voxer conversations or the conversations that we have in person, each one, no matter if she opens her mouth for three minutes or she opens her mouth for 30 minutes, my mind is just so blown. So I can't help but share some of these conversations with you, which is why she keeps coming back on the podcast and they're just way too good. So Makosi has been a guest before on the podcast two other times. So if this is the first episode you're listening to, I would highly, highly, highly recommend actually pausing this one, going back to either episode, actually go in order, episode number 174 and then number 185 to listen to part one and part two. Again, it's 174 
and then 185. Because in this episode, which is now part three, we just dive right into things with no introduction. So we go deep immediately because that's just our style. So in this episode, we spend a good chunk of it talking about the void. Dun, dun, dun. I've been talking a bit about the void on my social. So (laughs) we are going to the source herself and talking about what is the void, which is hint, hint, something I've been going through since 2018. How do we deal with being inside the universe's womb, which is basically what it feels like to be in the in the void? Why do only 1% of souls go through this process, which is so mind-blowing to hear because I hear so many of you guys so resonate with this process called the void, which is why I really wanted her to talk about this. And what does it mean for our purpose in this lifetime? We also talk more about ancestors and how to speak to ancestors. Um, That was a hot topic that you guys really enjoyed in part two. So we bring that back for part three. We also talk about how to interact with the spirit world without inviting in any dark energies into our space because that's also a hot topic, as well as symbolism, which I use the word symbology in this podcast episode, and I don't know why I use the word symbology. I mean, it kind of relates because symbology is the study of symbolism, but I definitely meant to use symbolism. Just let's let's make that clear. Okay. No one laughed too hard. As well as symbolism in the creation story of the Bible and how that can negatively affect us when exploring our spirituality, things like serpent wisdom or the one eye, the all-seeing eye or whatever you call it in the Illuminati, which I saw when I was doing ayahuasca and just like certain symbols that have come up that a lot of people think are evil or represent evil just because it shows up in the Bible that way. And Mikosi goes deep into the history of the Bible, what the Bible is used for. And I just think it's so fascinating to know these historical things because then we can actually use discernment when we are approaching spirituality and figuring out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. Like we don't ever have to put ourselves in the box. We can use all of the beautiful wisdom and all of the holy books and all of the gurus and all of the gods and all of the beautiful things that we pick our information from, whether we get it from certain religions or we get it from source or we get it from, you know, shamans or whatever. So, so, so important to talk about discernment, which Mikosi has taught me a lot about and she talks a lot about on her social media, which is awesome. And yeah, I think that's, I mean, we we go deep, okay? I think there's more topics that um, I can't think of off the top of my head, but this is really good. Let me tell you, Mikosi and I can talk forever and she's for sure coming back for part four already. I know we, I wrote out 20 questions for her and we got into four of them, four or five of them. So yeah, there's going to be part four. So give this a listen, tag us on Instagram at the Royal Shaman and at Manifestation Babe, letting us know your favorite part of the episode and what you'd like to hear about in part four. So without further ado, here's Makosi. Hello, Makosi, and welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast, part three. How are you doing? Wow. Part three. <laughs> part three. Um, I'm great. I'm so glad that um, people have really wanted to go just deeper and deeper and deeper. So I'm here and I am amped. 
yes. part three of this series that's gone over a few months. I literally don't know how long this is going to go because I already told Makosi that I have enough questions here for three podcast episodes. And it just depends on how far and how deep she wants to go in each one and how fast we get through it. But it's like every time... I don't know how, but every time I interview you, it's like me and everybody listening, our minds just go to like the edges of the universe. And because the universe is always expanding, it's like our questions are always expanding for you. (laughs) So we'll see how far this goes. Um, I don't even know where to start. I feel like the best place to start is a question that's come up. Um, It's like, it's a life experience for me. And it's also a question that a lot of people have been asking me because it resonates so much with me, with them. And it's very fascinating because what we're about to talk about is not something that every soul experiences in this lifetime. But at the same time, I believe that soul families stick together and a lot of our soul families are listening to these podcast episodes. And so typically it's like what we're going through, what we're talking about is usually something that you guys are going to resonate with and probably something that you guys are going through as well. And the thing that I really want to talk to you about, Makosi, and would love for you to explain is the void. Dun, dun, dun. What the hell is the void? And before you explain this, can I just say that it is not a fun place to be, but it's taught me a lot. And what I know my people would like to know is what is the void? How do we know we're in the void? What's the importance of the void and why the void? Mm. (laughs) The void. So it, it has many names. Okay. Okay. Um, for some, it may feel like a, just a calling to something higher. Um, but what's characteristic about the void is that it is this, it's this completely unknown. So most of us have had, um, an experience of life that was very linear, right? Like, I'm a kid. I'm going to finish school. I'm going to graduate from high school with my diploma. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to study this. And then that will result in that and so on and so on and so on, which is this very masculine structure, Mm. right? Yeah. The void is really a feminine energy. It's a womb energy. It's almost like re-entering into the womb to rebirth yourself. And if you imagine that you're in the womb, you don't know, number one, from inside the womb, how long you're going to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hardest down. part. <laughs> That's the hardest part, right? Like, wait, how long is this going to last? Um, you don't know up from down, right from left, right? And what's interesting as well, if we're using this womb analogy, is that there is an entire world outside of what you thought that you knew (laughs) waiting for you on the other side. And the only way to know what is on the other side is through, right? It's just through the process. I can sit here and kind of explain what it's like on the other side (laughs) of the void of this, of this unknown, but this is something that it literally can only be experienced. It can only be embodied. The only way through it is to surrender to it and to go through it. 
what triggers the void? Like how does this, how does some, how does a soul just go into a void? Like what triggers that? Yeah. So what we were kind of talking about before is that, um, not, it's not for every single soul to experience, um, in every single life. Right. Um, there are certain lifetimes that we experience that we're really just here to learn how to survive or have, have, you know, certain experiences, but, um, the void can come from a trigger that is not, it's, it can be a little different for everyone. What I'm seeing happen most often right now, and it's connected to really the structures that are in place on a societal level, um, you know, as a collective level. And so there are many of us who our souls kind of agreed to have a similar type of experience that triggers this, um, this stepping into the void. And that is that we have to experience a wide range of what this society deems as the pinnacle, right? Like the husband or, you know, or the partner, the, the little brown dog or with the white, you know, white dog with black, black spots and his name is spot, you know, and the white picket fence and the degrees and da, 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 da. That's a generality. Um, however, there are some of us who in trying to like get that experience discovered that this whole system has like really just been working against their nature. And that is the trigger for them. So this is really an invitation to see reality as it is not better than it is not worse than it is, but for what it simply is and, and breaking through the illusion, the facade, the Maya. Hmm. And how would someone know if they're in a void? Because I know that there's a lot of people who, after me sharing, you know, just to give people context, like Makosi and I spent a weekend together doing shamanic things, really exciting stuff around ancestors um, that we'll obviously go into because you guys had so many questions around ancestors. But, um, you know, you told me that it's like 1% of souls in like one in a singular lifetime like it's it's 1% or less than 1% of souls who go through a void and i feel like everybody who um has messaged me about it or has emailed my team about it like what is a void they feel like they are in one and kind of like can you explain you know how do you know you're in one and and do you need like a guide to help you through it is there a, a right way to do a void and a wrong way to do a void? Like, and, and how do we know we're out of it? Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah, the 1%, I think most people, um, one of the, I would say potential indicators, um, would be like black sheep syndrome, <laughs> you know, like you're, you just, even in the, in the midst of a group of people feel like, you know, you're, you don't quite fit in, right? Even amongst your family, these people who, you know, know and love you and who you trust and all of that, or maybe don't trust. Um, <laughs> but there's that that kind of um, 
potential disconnect. Also, um, if you find that even though things really seem like things can seem really great and yet there's still this kind of, it's just like this gnawing feeling that it's, it feels kind of hollow and you start to become aware of, um, well, like what is all of this for? It's literally inviting you to come to an understanding of what the value of human life is. So to answer your question about, do you need a guide? Um, I've sat with this. I've, I've read and researched a lot about this and um, got a lot of teachings from my own ancestors and my own teachers and da-da-da-da-da. Um, I've come to the conclusion that really you have to have a guide in order to get out of this. Agreed. Um, and the reason for that is you're venturing onto something and you don't, it's an unknown you're floating around. And so you have to have someone who's made it to the other side who can literally traverse both realms. They can be like your, your pillar, someone that you reach out to. Because there are certain things that you're not going to be able to see and that someone who's made it to the other side, which is a very, very tiny percent, (laughs) that is even, that's even smaller. Most people will just experience this for their whole life. And that's really freaky because just to give you guys like perspective as to what I've been going through. The void to me feels like all of a sudden, I don't know why I'm here anymore. Like all of a sudden, I don't know what my purpose is, which is so bizarre because I felt so certain of it two years ago. And sure, I'm still living my purpose, but it's this constant gnawing, like Makosi explained, um, that there's more out there for me and I've barely scratched the surface. And that message has been coming to me since early 2018. So I've been in that for almost three years now. Just that feeling of knowing that there's more out there for me. I've barely scratched the surface. The same things that used to light me up no longer light me up. I'm constantly doubting myself. I don't know. Like It's a sensation or this feeling of constantly not knowing what you're doing, even though on the outside... like. From the, it's, it's so bizarre because in traditional manifestation, they talk about how your inner world is creating your outer world. But what I've learned and what I'm going through, which is very bizarre and confusing to me sometimes, is that my outer wor- world keeps improving and getting better and more amazing and like epic things are happening. But my inner world is so chaotic and so upside down. Just like Mikosi shared how you're floating in the womb. You don't know left from right. Up or up from down, it's just all over the place. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how long you're going to be in there. Just like I assume, uh, you know, an embryo and a fetus growing in a womb, they don't know how long they're going to be there for. They're just chilling, you know, inside mom's body. Um, That's how I feel. I'm like chilling in the universe's womb or my own womb because you explain it's like being pregnant with yourself. And I don't know when the hell I'm going to get out of it. And you shared that one of the biggest mistakes that people make is not seeing it through. 
hiding, retreating, being like, fuck this. I'm going to Costa Rica for 10 years or fuck this. I'm going to go meditate with the monks in the, I don't know where monks live, Himalayas. Um, I'm going to go or Tibet or I don't know. That's pretty embarrassing that I have no idea. Uh, (laughs) My geography right now is a little shaky. Um, But anyway, you guys get the point. It's like, it's like, you're just like, no, fuck this. I can't handle this anymore. And then you stay in that place basically for the rest of your life. um, Never really learning the lesson of the void. So it's a very interesting place to be. And I didn't know what I was going through and nobody I knew was going through the same thing as me until I interviewed Mikosi in part one, which if you guys have not yet caught up on part one and part two, we're going even deeper like into what we were talking about part one and part two. So definitely go ahead and listen to those. Um, but as soon as she talked about how she, she works with people who are going through this thing called the void, I was like, and she explained it. I was like, oh my God, I need you in my life because I don't know what I'm going through. And it's very, very weird and it's very scary. And I know that there is something on the other side. It's like this knowing that there's something at the end of the tunnel, but you do not know when that tunnel is going to end. So Mikosi, can you just like explain this for anyone who is going through this? Like, why is it that that phenomenon of the outer world being like amazing, but the inner world being chaotic. And how does that energetically even make sense? Because in traditional manifestation, it does not make any sense. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's funny because traditional manifestation doesn't include the understanding of uh, dimension, dimensionality. I don't know if that's a word. Um, (laughs) I'll make it a word. Dimension, the dimensions. There's different experiences at different dimensions. And so what we're perceiving in this realm can look one way and there's actually something happening different on another layer. Mm. So an example of this would be, let's say that, oh, you, um, you attract who you are, right? You attract who you are. Well, that's not completely true because this is a this is a co-creation on this plane on this plane right and so there can be there's an aspect of you which is we can say your higher self or this non-physical soul part of you that desires to have a certain experience so for some individuals their basic needs are going to need to be met And for some beyond that. So there's some of us who came to be wealthy as hell. And the reason for that is because that is in service to what it is, what we're here to do or what we're here to experience or who we're here to be. So um, it's very difficult for especially the divine feminine leaders who are in the womb right now, who are coming into their in coming into their embodiment, it's very difficult for the divine feminine to um, become fully expressed if it doesn't have safety and security. So the, the divine feminine, it's, it's very um, in flow. It is very creative and it, and it moves like water, right? But water takes on the shape of whatever the container it's put in. So 
this process is essentially showing you that you can shape shift or that you can transform yourself again and again that with every surrender you can die and be born again and in the void you're doing that literally it's like every time you think that you got some clarity on who you are you are like oh shit that wasn't it and yeah. then you die again <laughs> like yeah. that version of you dies another one comes into being until you basically get to the get to this place of I've died so many times in this life that I am in total surrender and open and willing to be fully present and allow things to unfold and reveal themselves. And that is critical because I said it, I think maybe in part one, but who you're here to be has never been before. Yeah. Who you're here to be has never been before. Where we're going has never been before. And so the only way for us to create that is for us to let go of the structures that we are holding onto beliefs about this is what reality is. This is who I am, right? This is who my family is, et cetera, et cetera. All of that illusion, it has to be, it has to be broken mm. down. The, the, the thing that's coming up to me, our ancestors were brilliant in some of the quote unquote mythology. Um, <laughs> I, I put that in quotes because um, there's layers of teaching in the mythology that once you learn how to see through the veil or see through what's on the surface, you can begin to see the layers. But the one that's coming to me is um, in ancient Egypt, the creation story actually is what we're talking about, but on a bigger level, um, it tells the story of us coming out of the noon and the noon was this feminine essence, the feminine energy um, likened to the womb, also called the prim primordial waters, the primordial chaos. And essentially it was chaos, not um, as in, as in bad, but just that all of the, pieces of what make reality or, or make up the universe just had not been put into order yet. And they say, this is how the story goes, that the first God came out of the noon. Well, first he became. That's literally how it's said that Ta became. He became aware of himself. And then he stepped out of the noon. Mm. So that is what's happening in the void. You're becoming. You're getting to become aware of oneself. Fully aware of oneself. And then once you have become, you step out of the chaos 
than you are. That reminds me so much. I know it wasn't a void, but I was going through a dark night of the soul pretty much um, in 2016. Like the, the classic story that I share with my audience all the time, like the time that I was living on my grandma's couch, not knowing what the F is going on with my life, not knowing what I was going to do. I would call it a mini void. Um, it had a lot more certainty though, and just how I felt. Cause I just, I could just see the clear cut direction, even though I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just knew where I'd be at the end of it. Um, but I was talking to a psychic who, uh, read me two months prior to moving to Los Angeles or like a month prior. And she was like, you're moving to the right place. I see at first she, she didn't know it was LA, but she was like, it's, it's, I see palm trees and sunshine. I think you grew up here. And I was like, yeah, I'm moving to LA. Yay. She's like, yeah, you're going to reach like a whole new level of inspiration. You're going to start a new business. Like all she basically <laughs> described exactly what actually ended up happening. It's just that I didn't know the time frame. I thought the time frame would be immediately upon arrival to Los Angeles. But instead, I ended up just walking right into chaos. And it was so, so chaotic for me. And I remember um, I had another session with her about a month after I moved. And I said, Anna, what the, what the fuck? Like, what, what, why would you tell me such things and none of them would happen? And she's like, Catherine, 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 calm down. She's like, but don't you know, chaos means you're on the right path. When there's chaos, it means that your current reality is being completely disintegrated so that a new foundation can arise and so that you can build upon a new foundation. If you're going through chaos, it means that things are rearranging for you in your favor. And I've never experienced a more true thing in my life back in 2016. And now I like welcome chaos. It's not easy, of course. (laughs) Like all of these things are so much easier said than done. But um, I really love that you share that because it's through chaos that we can reorganize ourselves. We can reorganize our life. We can reorganize anything and come out of it on the other side with that clarity. My question for you is when you're out of it, is it just like an intense clarity that you have? Like, how do you know you're out of the void? What do I have to look forward to in two years? Because you said it's going to be another two years for me. <laughs> That's approximate. So. <laughs> Holding you to like, don't come like literally day, I don't yeah. know, 777, like, okay, it's been two years, <laughs> approximate. Um, and also there is always free will. So you can, it can last longer or it could be shorter. Yeah. Just the trajectory. That was what I was envisioning. Um, <laughs> totally got sidetracked. Ask me again. Oh, how do you know if you're on the other yeah, side? Yeah, how do you know you're on the other side? Because like you said, you're going to have bouts of clarity and then you're going to be like, nope, that's not it. And so I felt many days of clarity this year. I've also felt many days of WTF. And so is it like I have, you know, a hundred clarity days in a row for me to know I'm out? Like how, how, do, how do we know, Kosi? Make it 3D for us. Oh, if you can. 3D. If it's, you can. It's a very difficult thing. Okay. Um, if someone is in that experience and they are, they're experiencing maybe chaos on the external, right? So for you, maybe it's internal for some, it might be external and that can just be reflective of which aspect needs to be put in order essentially. Right. Um, so for some people, it's going to just look like reordering, right? Or just a, um, 
a feeling of serenity, a feeling of like, even in the worst moments, right? Like there's still this feeling of sadness, but there's also this bliss that still exists under it because there is this deep knowing that this is part of what you're here for, right? Like you're here. Mm, Yeah. And so there's like a euphoria that comes along with it, knowing that everything is, is temporary, that everything, even this wall behind me is temporary. We see it as solid. We see it as, as unchanging, but literally if I didn't paint this wall, like I've only lived in this apartment, not even two years, like there's, there's scratches and there's dings on it already. It's, it's changed and it will continue to, everything is changing. Um, another thing is your relationships start to shift Hmm. and it can look miraculous. So what I love about it, even if I'm working with someone like in business, et cetera, it is pretty common that relationships that you thought were completely disintegrated, like never possible of, of any reconciliation, that there comes to some level of reconcile or um, not necessarily like reconcile, we're going to be together, da, 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 da. But it can be this, I'm so, I'm completely okay. And I don't have to hold animosity and, and da, 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 da. It's a surrendering to what is, allowing people to be who they are. I'm sure you saw my face as you're explaining that because I just, my jaw just dropped because I never told you this. And here I'm going to just tell it on the podcast, but that already started happening for me. I reconnected with my best friend of 20 years randomly, like via text messages um, like a week ago. And we've been best friends for 20 years. When we start, when I started my business, we went on different paths. We have, I, I told you about her and, um, you know, during our work together over the weekend and all of a sudden we just went on this like texting rampage with each other, just, um, talking about old memories. Like, do you remember when we did this? Do you remember when we did that? And all, and, and next thing I know, we're hanging out together like all day next week. And that's a relationship I never thought would come back around. You know, obviously I'm not saying that we're like BFFs again, because obviously like we haven't seen each other in five years. We'll see what happens, but I'm so grateful to that. And I, that's a relationship that I never, ever, ever thought would be reconciled in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, in the next, even like five years, 10 years, like I knew that at some point maybe we would, you know, have some sort of relationship, but it just didn't seem, there was no reason for us to reconnect. It was so random. And there's other relationships that were kind of not really relationships, but relationships that went awry, like friendships that went awry from like years ago, all of a sudden we're talking again and like, you know, commenting on each other's stuff and like sharing each other's work and like, it is so bizarre, but I already started experiencing that. Yeah. So that's one of the manifestations of, of what starts to come into, into harmony. It doesn't mean that every, like, Oh, you're just never going to have challenges and you're always going to get along with people. No, (laughs) but you start to notice that there, that you move into this harmony in your, in your relationships. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it can also manifest as, you know, quantum leaps. All of a sudden, like blow up happens, right? Or um, windfalls of money or, you know, but that does tend to happen as well. Um, but what the difference is, is that there's not an attachment to it happening. There's not a, um, fear of losing it, right? There's not a fear of, um, what does it mean about me? And blah, 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 blah. Those things start to, to go by the wayside. And so when you get to the other side, um, I would not say that there's like this clarity. Mm. Um, I, I feel like people chase clarity because clarity is like this number one, it really is this illusion that I have some understanding of something, right? I understand who I am or I understand what's happening to me. And so we're constantly seeking, I can't move forward until, until I understand why my life is like this or why I'm like this or where I'm going or da, 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 da. No. On the other side of the void awaits you this surrender to I'm always going to not know and, and being okay with not knowing, being okay with being totally in the present and creating, literally taking one step just based off of what is right in front of you, not living for tomorrow and 10 years from now, but really like one step at a time in, in your life, like literally fully being embodied, not living so much in the past, not living forever in the future, but knowing that it all exists right now. Mm. So it sounds like a life of radical acceptance and detachment. Yeah. So it's, it's like what I'm feeling right now, except I finally accept it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It, for me, for me, it came when I made the decision to um, go to South Africa and, and things changed so drastically fast for me because I finally, um, surrendered to, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to choose to make the best out of it. Like if, if my husband leaves tomorrow, I'm going to be sad, but I'm going to choose to make the best out of it. If I have to, you know, go back to find a, find work, I'm going to be okay. And it doesn't mean anything mm. about who I am or, you know, what I'm worth or whatever. I get to, in each moment, when I'm presented with life, I get to respond to it. I get to, um, I get to create and that's, that's it. Like, it doesn't have to be this I don't even know what to say. It's almost like a certainty versus a clarity. A clarity. Yeah, I get it's that. Like a certainty. I totally get that. Yeah. And what you just described is the energy that I bring into my launches. That week between cart open and cart close, I am so detached. I don't make any meaning out of anything. Like whether it goes well or not well, I just I doesn't doesn't mean anything about me as an entrepreneur, as a soul. 
as anything. Like it just doesn't mean that I'm better than everyone or better than the past version of myself just because it was successful. If it wasn't successful, it doesn't mean I'm worse. It doesn't mean I'm devolving. It doesn't mean anything about me. And my God, that's the most powerful energy to be in. I have been struggling to describe it to people. I finally did in my last uh, podcast um, talking about my $1.85 million launch. And I use the same exact energy towards the Epicly Align launch, which was very, very successful. And so it's really about like bringing that energy into everyday life. I mean, that's the lesson for me that I'm getting from this is like understanding like, wait a second. Okay. I get it now. I, I, I have like a, I can conceptualize it and I can I can actively work on embodying that energy every single day so that it's not just my launches that are fun for me. It's not just my launches that are successful, but it's like everyday life can be fun and successful. Even if I don't know exactly what is going to happen by the end of the day or by the end of the week or by the end of the month, it's like one step out of the t- one step at a time, radical alignment, which is yeah. how I see it. Yeah. That's- it's it, what's interesting about that too is, um, <laughs> I made a post earlier about how everyone's really just like seeking the action items, like what they need to do, right? Yeah. How do I get alignment? It's and a generator just, thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it really is a generator. It's like, but I need to do something. And then, and a not self for like projectors. And da, 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 yeah. da. But what's so funny about it is that we are always looking like outside of our lives for something. And it's like bringing your awareness back in to, okay, how am I approaching this meal that I'm cooking? How am I greeting my husband when he comes in? How am I um, just sitting on the, on the couch? What energy am I in? And am I like totally just accepting and allowing to unfold and reveal itself the the nature of of life our mind i know everyone talks about like oh it's just your mindset you just got to work on your mindset right the mind is a limiter that's what that's what it does that's what it's meant to do yeah. right and so what we're talking about is shifting into allowing yourself to be soul led. Mm. The mind seeks yeah. clarity. The mind is just there to obey the soul. If that's how, if, if that's how you rewire it, like, and you understand it in that sense, it's like the mind is so powerful, but it needs to be told what to do. It cannot lead. It cannot lead your soul. Your soul has to lead your mind. Yes. You mentioned the creation story. I know we talked about the void now for so long. I, I think that it, we're definitely going to have to do like part four and part five and part six because there are some topics that are just way too juicy and they can be an episode all on its own. I do want to sprinkle in some other stuff though. Um, this is something that I remember you wanting to bring up in uh, part two. I don't think we really got into it. I don't think we got into it at all, but you brought up the creation story. And so I couldn't help but think of Adam and Eve. And this actually came up in some of the questions, which I know you're very passionate about serpent wisdom. And I know that we have demonized um, in our society and our culture um, through religions, like a lot of the occult um, 
symbology. Like for instance, when I did ayahuasca, I had a lot of concerned, you know, Christians message me be like, Catherine, you're dealing with evil because you saw snakes. You, you said you turned into a snake. Ayahuasca was a snake. Your ego was a snake. It was like a snake party. Um, you saw a lot of eyes, like the single eye, right? A lot of people associate that with the Illuminati. And uh, there's just like a lot of this occult symbology that um, people don't really understand like the true origins of it and how it's like way older than the Illuminati and like way older than Christianity. And it's, you know, it has roots that are beyond the Bible. Um, Not to hate on the Bible. I have respect for every single person's religion, spiritual beliefs. I'm never hate on anyone, never disrespect anyone. I just like to dig into this stuff because I know that you have so much knowledge about this. You know, why was, um, who really was the snake in the Bible? And why are we led to believe that, you know, snakes or other occult symbols are, are, you know, represent evil? Like, how did that happen? And where do they actually come from? Well, that could be a five-part series by itself, but... Right? Cliff notes. (laughs) Cliff notes version. Yeah. Okay, Okay. first we have to understand that the Bible, if you look at it and are not attached to any to it being anything other than a book of knowledge mm-hmm. okay not taking it in as your identity if you say that you're a christian that can that's one thing but this is not the same thing as being a christian it is a a book that holds knowledge it holds ideally a way of life or a paradigm right mm-hmm. within it yeah so what we have to understand is that when the Bible was being created, you don't just create something out of thin air and expect that people are going to come along for the ride. And so the Bible, when it was created approximately 2000 years ago, um, not the, the exact year is slipping my head. I think it's either like 432. Anyway, in the council of Nicaea, um, when it was being created, it was not even the only um, book that was up really. And w- there's lots of talks about all of the hidden books, etc., that have been kept out of the Bible because they didn't serve, serve the goal. We have to understand that it was created as propaganda. It was created, um, with the intention of getting people on board with what leadership was doing. Mm. So a religion or a spiritual system is incredibly powerful because all of your behaviors, who you believe yourself to be, what you fight for is all connected to how you believe that you came into being, you know, what you believe about the world, what you believe is right or wrong, da 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 da, da and what you take into as your, ident- as your identity. So what was happening in the world at this time, and anyone is free to research this on their own, it, it's not hard to find. You just have to know to even ask or to look. Hmm. But up until that point in time, um, the serpent symbol specifically was connected with hidden or um, metaphysical knowledge, healing, magic, divinity, 
transformation, rebirth, and so on and so on and so on. All of these things that were very desirable by human beings, right? Every human being wanted wisdom, wanted (laughs) all of these things. Still do. (laughs) And still do, right? But they don't realize when you take certain stories like Adam and Eve, right? Even in the Bible, it says (laughs) that um, Adam and Eve ate from the tree, ate the fruit from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. So then you have, then the, the kind of resulting thing is knowledge being a sin. Yeah. That having knowledge of this, that, and the other, right, is in, in, in itself, quote unquote, bad. And so then you have to question, well, why? Why is it bad? Well, we just talked about the void right? Someone who is operating from the present and their soul is guiding them. Their own soul is now a moral compass from the inside, not coming from a book. Mm, Yeah. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I do. Okay. Now someone who, this is why what, what I'm saying is this is very, very, very powerful. And it's why I'm you know, you could say I'm dangerous because this is unlocking people's power in themselves. Because now it's not about what this book tells you to do. It's not about what your pastor tells you to do. It's not about, um, you know, what even Makosi tells you to do. So I tell my clients and, and students, Question everything, including me. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself. Because I know if I get you in touch with your soul, if I get you in touch with your higher self, and that's, that's the compass that you're operating from, your soul is not going to be making so many of these really awful, destructive um, decisions that we're making all in the name of being good right? How many wars have we fought where we believed we were the good guys? Wait, it's like every single one, Mm -hmm. right? We're killing people, but because it's in the name of God and our nation, we're the good guys and so on and so forth. So this religion in itself, while it has so many benefits, it can also, um, create some of these issues because now you are doing what you believe is to be good, but can be directly in conflict with your own higher self. And this is what so many people who we find ourselves, you and I find ourselves in in, um, contact with is there's this internal struggle because they've been taught that Having certain spiritual gifts is of the devil. Mm-hmm. Manifestation. <laughs> and manifestation is, is demonic and da-da-da-da-da. Well, who could give you that power but creator itself? Exactly. Who could give you the power to create your life except the creator itself? 
right? Mic drop. Even created evil. Creator. So that is a very uncomfortable place for some people to sit, but I invite people to really sit and then look at what is the manifestation of some of these beliefs? What is the manifestation of women believing that they came from a man? Mm, that's a where good do one. they do that? Where, where does it happen? <laughs> and what, what is that showing us? What is it showing us when we believe in a story that says that humans had dominion and reign over the earth? Or, I have yet to come across an indigenous or ancient wisdom story that talks about any of that BS. All of them talk about how we're here to be in harmony with the nature. We're not to, we're not above, we're not above the frogs and the trees. And look at how we behave when we, because we believe we have dominion. So these things are not harmless. It's not harmless to have these beliefs. They're very, very powerful. And so if you come at it from this, just being open to question and to ask, it doesn't mean anything about you if you just question, if you just ask. And if at the end of that, you decide, you know what? This is working for me. Carry on. But if you look at it and you say, actually, some of this stuff that's in here, by the way, I have, I keep two Bibles in my temple right over there and utilize them because there is knowledge in there. But there are some aspects that are in there that have resulted in manifestations in real life that have dire consequences. And it's not, people will say, oh, but that's the, that's the person. Well, but that person's operating under, under certain beliefs. So if we address the beliefs, then we shift the human. That is such a fascinating perspective to operate from. And I thank you so much for bringing this perspective to people because it's so true. Like when we operate from a paradigm from 2000 years ago, we don't allow for any evolution. Like if we get stuck in a paradigm that's like long gone and supposed to be long gone, then what the hell are we doing here? Like we keep incarnating. If if that was the end, if like how we're supposed to live 2000 years ago and that message was like the epitome of where earth was supposed to go, we would have no reason to reincarnate. But we keep reincarnating and now we're in the year 2020 for a reason. And so we have to access new paradigms and understand that there's other paradigms that we can embody and ones that are for the highest good of all involved. And I really love that you share that, you know, the part about the indigenous, how we're like, we're truly one with nature. And, you know, ayahuasca for me really showed me the indigenous being the wisdom keepers of the planet and like just how many of them are getting killed. And ayahuasca showing me, you know, like for instance, America being she specifically said America's built off of broken bones. And I understood that that's the broken bones of the indigenous. And it's like, we are so threatened by wisdom. We're so threatened by knowledge, but who is threatened by wisdom and knowledge? Not the people who are in alignment with their highest selves. It's the people operating from ego. 
that's the paradigm from which we create these stories or we create these beliefs or ways of thinking that are literally damaging people's lives or planet animals. It goes so beyond that. I have two more topics that I quickly want to get into. Oh my God. There's, are you cool with part four? (laughs) I'm always cool for another. I just want to add one more thing to that as well. Yeah. I invite people, even if they don't want to go into reincarnation at all, just look at how, how much reality has changed and transformed. This was why we always had spiritual leaders. We always had oracles and seers, et cetera, um, who were in the moment, in the present, as things are unfolding, because guidance needs to be um, societal, but also individual to each person. What's right for Catherine is not necessarily right for Makosi, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that was the whole purpose of that. When we're all operating under under one direction, right, there can't be harmony. So we don't even have to look at, you know, that we that we keep coming back. Let's say you don't believe in reincarnation at all. Just look at how different the world is from the time that it was that was created, right? And where we are now. Not everything applies right now. So now we have to become conscious creators and look at, okay. What is going to serve us going forward? Utilize some of the previous knowledge, but now, okay, how do we use this in this knowing what we know? Hmm. I love that. Um, okay. (laughs) This is a question that came up a lot. You know, when interacting with the spirit world, is there any danger as to what we call in? Like, how do we know if we're speaking to something that um, we're not, if we are or not bringing in some sort of dark energy that can have implications in our life? And what comes up for me um, is actually very tied to, you know, the, the, what we just talked about where uh, the reel that I made, like help is on the way, Mrs. Doubtfire, like calling it, you know, how your spirit guides and ancestors and deities and divinities, like how they respond to you when you ask for help. I saw a couple comments of being, of people being like, yikes, you don't know what you just called into your life. Like you just called in the demons and the darkness and the whatever. And I'm just like, my response to that was like, oh yeah, according to whom, you know? Um, But I'm just curious, you know, as people are awakening and beginning to channel and are being contacted by other beings, you know, that are trying to assist the evolution of humanity. How do we know who the hell we're talking to? Like, how do we know that it's not a trickster spirit, that it's actually a spirit or a spirit guide or ancestor that wants to help us. I mean, this is something that honestly makes me nervous sometimes because sometimes I'm like, mm, was that a trickster or was that a real thing? And like, oh my God, what if, what if what I'm doing is not really a good, you know what I mean? Like my mind tends to go in those places just based off of this conditioning, this deep, deep conditioning that we have with the, you know, Christianic roots, um, that like anything outside of like just believing in one God is believing in the devil. So how do we actually know, like, is this, are we, are we safe? Are we generally safe? Like, is there danger to the spirit world? I know that I open up a whole can of worms when I ask you questions that you can probably talk for like 45 minutes, but if you can keep it short and simple, that would be so awesome. The short and simple of it is number one, um, you're, you are interacting with these things all day, every day, you're just not aware of it. 
Mm. You're interacting with, you know, violence and sodomy and da 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 da. When you are witnessing that, you are in the presence of darkness. Wow. <laughs> you, you don't have to wait to call it in. It's there. <laughs> Whether you believe in it or not, it's having an effect on you. So true. And you are also interacting with the light all the time, right? In, in various aspects. So the short and sweet is it's always safest to interact with your ancestors first and foremost and assuring that these are the highest ancestors those who come with the best intentions and you call them by that and you you're you're holding that energy that this is who's coming through yeah because your ancestors are you and you are them you're literally just calling on yourself yeah but but with the knowledge and the wisdom of lifetimes. Yeah. So that is the same, like ancestors are left out of so many religions, but that's really like the safest place to begin is with the ancestors. When you heal yourself, you also begin to heal your lineage. So then those ancestors that needed that healing begin to evolve and so on and so on and so on. That's the safest place. Now, the other thing is, I have to say, and this is not a popular answer, probably going to get a lot of hate for it, especially from other spiritualists, but there's a reason that we have training. There is a reason why our ancestors had initiation processes that were grueling, that were hard, that you didn't you didn't just get to claim a title until your elders in your spiritual lineage bestowed that title signifying that you had demonstrated at least a certain level of mastery still learning but at least a basic level right it's like getting it's like becoming a doctor doesn't mean you a great doctor but you've at least passed the tests that you can do the basic functions and you have a basic understanding of how things, how things work, how to utilize your, your basic gifts because they continue unfolding and so on and so forth. That was not only for the safety of the individual, but also for the safety of the community who would be seeing this individual. Mm. So imagine if all of a sudden everybody just started calling themselves doctor and we all just we all just went to a doctor. That'd be kind of scary. Yeah. Right? That would be kind of scary. Well, the spiritual realm has a greater effect. It's the thing that's creating the issue in the body that the doctor's hmm. operating on, dealing with, etc. So I, it always just blows my mind that we think like we need no <laughs> guidance or support or you know, any sort of training to do that, right? There's certain experiences, like even while I was in training, there were times when I would be going into trance and, um, you know, then, and then a dark entity trying to come in and my spiritual mom having to, to guide me in how to prevent that from happening and how to, you know, 
like when to do things and da 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 until I became empowered enough to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's the that's the short answer is like this is some of these things is not like you know uh fake it till you make it. This is not fake it till you make it. Yeah. I love your answer. So ancestors, you said, I mean, for sure. What about us, you know, spirit guides? Like we can call on our own spirit guides, right? And, but then like, yeah. Okay. So ancestors of the high, like who have our highest good, highest intention, and then spirit guides, highest good, highest intention. Yeah. (laughs) Cause not all of them have your highest intention. Interesting. Okay. And so beyond that, we would need someone like a shaman or a spiritual guide who has training and discernment to, for us to be able to access the higher realms or the, the higher hierarchies. Yeah. I mean, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless you are someone who is really being called to step into, into that. And there are certain signs and da, 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 that, you know, will let you know. Usually it's going to be like a spiritualist is going to say, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's not for everyone yeah. and you don't need much more than that. I mean, I work with a quite a few and I've only accrued them because I'm, I am assisting in them facilitating that the experience that they are also trying to have in this world. Mm. Can I share a story? And you tell me, you tell me who I talk to if you can. So <laughs> I was going on a night hike in Sedona with a couple of friends. I'm going to leave their names out um, just in case they're not comfortable with me sharing the story. But I was going on a night hike with a couple of friends in Sedona. Um, I have no idea where, but somewhere in Sedona. And uh, we approached this. Um, our intention was just go like stargaze, look for some UFOs, just kind of feel into the energy. Sedona is such a special place for us. And we approached this one rock. It's kind of like the stopping point. And as soon as we got on this rock, I had the worst, uh, what is it, vertigo, like where all of a sudden I couldn't tell up from down, the whole sky was spinning. I was looking at the sky and it was like virtual reality all of a sudden. And and I could almost see like the matrix. It was so bizarre. And I started questioning, I'm like, oh my God, am I alive right now? Or am I not? Is this real? Or is this not like, are these stars or am I imagining this? Am I dreaming? It was such a bizarre feeling. I had to literally ground myself. Like I immediately sat down while, you know, my friends were like, whoa, this is so cool. All of a sudden I'm sitting on the ground and I'm like imagining roots going deep, 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 deep into the ground. And then I calm down and we're sitting there on this rock on the edge. And my friend is sitting next to me and he immediately gets a download, like tell Catherine, she needs to protect her energy right now. And right when he says that I have this experience where we're all sitting and all of a sudden I just hear a million, well, not a million, let's say like three or four, three or four voices just coming out of the sky and just being like, Hey, Catherine, Hey, Catherine, Hey, Catherine. And I can hear distinct different voices. Hey, Catherine, like coming from different stars almost. And, um, and I'm like, okay, hi, you know? And, uh, all of a sudden I hear one like come out and be like, Hey, Catherine, can we pass on a message to you? And I just felt very unsettled. And I was like, are you, are you a being of the light? And they immediately disappear. And so I don't hear from them. 
And I'm like, okay, because I've, I've heard from, you know, people in the past, like you can always ask, are you a being of light uh, or from the light or of the highest good or whatever? And it, they have to answer. And if they disappear, obviously it means no. And then I hear another like, hey, Catherine, hey, Catherine, can we pass a message on to you? And I'm like, are you a being of the light? And I'm, I'm just doing this all in my head. And I hear, yes. I'm like, okay, what's your message? And it just passed on this beautiful message to me about like love being the thing that's going to cure all. It was just like something around like love is the highest vibration that's going to bring us out of this paradigm that we're currently in, bring us out of this COVID situation and out of basically anything that we're dealing with at this time. And I'm like, oh, thank you for the message. Where are you from? And I got this um, like very clear, like we're from Xena. And I'm like, okay, thank you people of Xena. Literally. And I'm just like having this whole experience to myself. And then as soon as it's like done and I'm like, okay, I need to close myself off. I share with my friend. I'm like, I think I just communicated to, to some beings and they were like, oh my God, literally just now I got this download saying like Catherine needs to protect her energy because everyone's trying to talk to her. Everyone's trying to pass a message on to her. I just got this like sensation that I need to tell you to ground yourself immediately. And it was just so, so bizarre. But like who, who talked to me? Like, is that, is that me accessing beings that I'm allowed to talk to that it's safe for me to talk to? Like, is that ancestors? Is that spirit guides? Like, what does that mean about people who have experiences like that? Um, well, there's many different kinds. There's many different dimensions and there's many different kinds of beings in different in the different dimensions. And so I will never, I, I mean, I even had a conversation with my son about this, um, about seeing dark entities, um, is that they lose their power when you're not a- afraid. And so being afraid of interacting with them right? It's, it's not that you invite them in and, and now I'm like doing your bidding, but you can assist in if, because an entity really is just concentrated energy. Hmm. So, but it's in darkness. So you can, once you get to a certain level and have mastered the fear and all of that aspect. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I still go straight to fear. <laughs> yeah. Um, assist or or, or, or banish or, you know, whatever, whatever that needs to be for you at that time. Um, it's funny to me and why I love working with ancestors the best. I mean, yes, all of them are great. And I hate (laughs) to say that I have favorites, but I do have favorites. And the reason why I love ancestors is because what they like higher dimensional beings tend to come through with just so much airy fairy ish that I'm like, this is not useful, really. Like, it's nice. It feels nice. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. This is not helpful. Yeah. Ancestors have been human. Yeah. They've been human. Some of them have been human more recently. Like, they know what the experience is. So when ancestors come through, um, they always come through, number one, usually with humor and some, like, lightheartedness, but also with, like, real stuff. And they, they typically don't have a problem telling you how it is telling you like, this is where you're messing up. You need, sometimes it can come off kind of, you know, rash, but they know what it's like to be human. And so what they bring is so much more practical typically than what you're going to get from some of these beings who like, they've never even had a body. 
right? Like, is this going to help me in my day-to-day life? And you've never had a body? <laughs> like, yes, we can learn something from every single one. Um, but can I use it in, in, in the day-to-day? And so you're going to be having more and more um, of these kinds of experiences. It's not crazy. <laughs> I know that it's been demonized so much, but this is a very natural expression. It's a very natural way of being. Um, and I would just look at it as this is a gift. Use your discernment. Yeah. Use your discernment again and again and again. Was I on the right path by asking, are you a being of the light? Yeah, you can ask that. Okay. For sure. That's yeah. like my go-to. If they say yes, I'll open it up. But like if they say they disappear or something we, if something just feels off, then I'm like, no, no thanks, you know? Um, but I love that. And I, I, you know, a question that of course is going to come up from that place that a lot of people have asked is like, how do we practically communicate with our ancestors? Like how do we open up that communication? Is it like for, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, the ceremony that we had with feeding our, feeding, you know, our ancestors, specifically my ancestors, um, and all that awesome stuff that we did where I was able to actually talk to them through you, which was unbelievable, amazing, which I never told you, I don't think that I shared the answers with my mom because, you know, they're also her ancestors and she was reading all this and she's like, Catherine, this is exactly what I was told when I was communicating with them, um, through ayahuasca. This is exactly the same information, like word for word. This is crazy. And I was like, yeah, mom. And she didn't even take ayahuasca. She just sat there in trance. <laughs> She's like, wow, this is so cool. Um, I just went off a ta- on a tangent. Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, obviously, but like before then, if I were to, if you were told me, hey, contact your ancestors or communicate with them, I would look at it as a prayer. I would look at it as literally just, setting the intention of, I call in all the ancestors that have my highest good at heart to pass on any messages or share any imagery with me, or let me know what my next step is or whatever. And just like sit in a meditation and see what comes up or ask them to guide me in something, or, you know, I need to receive assistance with this. Thank you so much. It is done, whatever. Is that how we can go about it? Or is there like different ways that we can go about it? Like for someone who has never ever talked to their ancestors or even acknowledged their presence, where can they start? Such a good question. Love this one because I just get amped about people even considering that they have this aspect of themselves that they can really interact with and activate within themselves. Um, So yes, there are multiple ways and there's levels to it, but on a basic level, everyone first needs to understand, like you've got to understand the importance of energetic exchange. Hmm. Yeah. The importance of energetic exchange. So what most people have been taught to do in prayer is we go and we're requesting, we're begging for energy, but we bring nothing. <laughs> we bring nothing. Okay. These are energetic beings. They need energy in order to influence. Yeah. They need energy. In, like there has to be energy moving. So the most important thing is energetic exchange. And that can happen 
through a variety of, of mediums. It can be you literally just setting down a glass of water or pouring it out onto the ground where you're, where the ancestors are buried. They live in the ground, right? It could be um, a candle. It could be a little bit of your food, like literally tiny bit before you eat it. And then you're providing some energy. P.S. for anyone utilizing plant medicine, please don't utilize plant medicine without offering something. Huge, like this is creating such a huge problem for us. But I digress. Part four. (laughs) (laughs) The energetic exchange is so, 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 so important. So it can be like you present something, but your ancestors are not like God. So, or, or higher, you know, like divinities and even spirit guides, your ancestors are the intermediary between you and, and your spirit guides, mm. the intermediary between you and divinities. Nice. It's the ones that hold the keys to that. Yeah. So again, going back to that, they lived an experience. You approach them still as you would like an elder, right? Like your grandparents. These are like, like that's the, uh, that's the energy that you come with, but you aren't coming with begging energy, right? Like that's lack. (laughs) That's like, oh, please make it happen for me. Da, 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 da. No, you need to come empowered, right? Asking for like, support me in making the right decisions. And you also need to follow up on that, right? Like, like a real relationship. <laughs> right, like check-ins. Check in every once in a while. Express gratitude, right? Like allow yourself to be in gratitude for the things that have come in your life and how amazing is that and like even though you're, you know, your parents made some mistakes and or maybe they were horrible people, but at least through them you're here, right? Yeah. Allowing yourself, I always lead with the gratitude and then, you know, I want to see harmony in my home. I want to see improved health for my grandmother. I want to see da-da-da-da-da. And then I approach higher level beings and and that would be, you know, like the divinities, et cetera. The ones dealing with higher level stuff, they aren't really as concerned with individual requests, especially if you're not bringing anything, right? True. for them, it's like, okay, if it fits in the context of what is going to create harmony, mm, right? Yeah. And so it's not like the basketball game where both sides of the team are praying to God and like, well, which one wins? Which one does God favor then? No. Right, right. God cares about harmony. So we ask for our G-Wagon to our ancestors, not the divinities. <laughs> Got it. (laughs) I mean, I would never ask for like specific, but I would ask for the tools to create the something specific. I love that. Yeah. Grant me the, um, the, the, the confidence grant me, you know, support me in figuring out what to do next. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so in that way, I'm not limiting myself to a G wagon. Right. And also we're kind of giving up our sovereignty if we're, you know, relying on something outside of ourselves to give us a G wagon. Like it's, we're the creators 
And I think that's so important to remember is that we are the creators and they're the support. They're guide. We call them guides for a reason, not because that they hold the keys to everything in our life, but they guide us in unlocking those doors. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you always have choice. You always have choice. Sometimes I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all because I've been interacting with so many people and their ancestors, um, the way that I'm having to go, many people's ancestors are real tired of you all taking the poverty road and the, <laughs> the, you know, like just continuing the pattern. And they're like trying to, they're trying to bring in the love. They're trying to bring in the, the children. They're trying to bring in da, 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 da. But we're the ones who through our choices continue to limit ourselves. So what we want to do is be in a very empowered place and allow them to bring in what they see as what could be for our highest good. And that, by the way, sometimes it is not pretty stuff. <laughs> it's not always pretty. Yeah. It's pretty in the long term, just not yeah. pretty right now. Yeah. I love it. Kosi, <laughs> you are such a gift to this universe. Thank you so much for coming into my life. I know that you knew before I knew that we would work together one day because that's, you know, the nature of who you are. But like, thank you so much. Like I have learned so much in such a short amount of time. It's like, like I've described you before when we did the the case study uh, video for you. Um, I shared how Mikosi is like spiritual Google. It's like you just type in a question. Like that's been my experience with Boxer between, between the two of us. It's like I just type in a question and there's always an answer. And it's like the most incredible answer where I can't even make that shit up myself. It's like, I I can't find that information on actual Google. And it's just assisted me so much in my growth. And I appreciate how much you challenge me and you ask me all the right questions. And every time we're together, we have a session together. It's like, you're not just telling me what to do. You're, you're always honoring my sovereignty and you're always like, okay, Catherine, and how can that assist you in this? Or how can you bring that to your audience? Or how can you do that? And I just appreciate that so much because you're a true spiritual leader, you're a true coach, you're a true um, embodiment of this like feminine leadership and um, you know, what it means to really help society evolve on such a heart centered level. And it's been such a joy working with you. And it's been such a joy having you on the podcast so many times. And I know this is not the last one because I literally went into just three out of the 20 topics I have on here. So that's cool. Um, There's a lot more to go. (laughs) I'm really working on this. I promise I am like, oh, it is not how to answer these really girl. I, I bring up big picture meta crap. Like just, let's just, let's, I just bring you like this encyclopedia worth question and we just go into the encyclopedia and that's just what happens. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for coming back on here. And for those of you who are listening, um, there is obviously so many nuggets of wisdom in here and we would so appreciate if you guys can screenshot this episode and tag at the Royal Shaman and at Manifestation Maven, let us know what blew your mind this time. Because I know there's something in here that blew your mind because there's definitely things in here that blew my mind. Um, and I've been working with Makosi for like, what, five months now? four months now. And so there's, there's a lot of information I've already learned and I still have my mind blown. Um, and then definitely give her a follow because she's been doing this awesome new thing now called coffee with Mikosi. So there's a lot of great content that she's been putting out on her Instagram, which is at the Royal Shaman. Kosi, is there any last thing that you want to mention or any offerings that you have or anything that you want to 
that you would feel would make this episode complete? The only thing that I have to add, first of all, thank you so much for all of those lovely words. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Um, and it's just been a real blessing and joy to, to just see you blossoming and like the level of all in that you are all in is absolutely incredible and inspiring for me, for sure. And I know that so many people right now are being inspired by who you are choosing to show up as. Mm -hmm. And that's only going to um, reveal greater levels of the truth of who you are. That's freaking epic. Um, And then for everyone listening, the only thing that I really have in this moment, as we are going into 2021, and I know that, um, you know, some people will be hearing this later, but it doesn't matter. This is a timeless piece, is that when you allow yourself to tap into and be led by your higher self, rather than leading from your mind, what you will experience is beyond what even you can imagine. So let go, surrender, and enjoy the ride. I freaking love that. I love you so much. And (laughs) to all of you guys listening, I will catch you in the next episode and you'll catch Makosi in part four, whenever that comes around. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at ManifestationBabe or visiting my website at ManifestationBabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.